This is the Weekly Scramble, a place where we chat about life over a cold one or two. It's time to belly up to the pod with Mike Fratelloni and your host, Chris Reavers. That's right. It's time for the Weekly Scramble. My name is Chris Reavers, and by my side, his name is Mike Fratelloni with Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores. Hello, Michael. How you doing, Reavers? Good. It's a Friday edition of the Weekly Scramble. We had some things going on earlier in the week, so we said, well, let's just wait till Fun Friday and put together a show. You know what it was? Is I was so excited on Tuesday for this incredible red wave that was just going <laughs> to smash the nation. <laughs> I knew it wasn't. I knew it wasn't going to happen. You did not. Really? Well, let me state this. I tweeted something. Actually, I replied to someone's tweet. You did not. I replied to someone's tweet at some point in time. You hate Twitter. I know, but I was was on, and I said, I'm not feeling this red wave. I don't think this is going to happen. And that was at about, and the reason why is because I went to my polling place, and it was pretty late in the day, maybe two in the afternoon, and I was only the 480th voter. I was like, huh. Really? Like, that seems like not a lot. And, and granted, I live in a smaller town now, right? Then I, I'm not in St. Paul anymore. Okay. So I was, you know, I'm used to like having thousands of people, but my little, the thing that takes my machine that, you know, the machine that everybody cheats the voting on, right? <laughs> you know, the one. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I put my uh, thing in there and it, I said it was only number 480. And I, I didn't think, so I just didn't feel it. Why but are I you had coming some... up on my Twitter account? What the heck? Aren't you just at Fratellones? Fratellones, yeah. Huh. That's how you pronounce my name. Two T's. Two L's. Oh, there you are. There yeah, you two are. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think I just, does it show if I replied to somebody on there? Well, you retweeted the Garage Logic podcast from April 28th. Thank you for that. That was the last thing I did? Yeah. Yeah, that must have been a good one. I must have really liked that one. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, and then I, uh, yeah. But, it, well, so. Oh, here we go. Looks like your, looks like one of your TPUSA team is going to win in Florida. Okay, that was you responded that was, to Charlie Kirk. Yeah, Charlie Kirk. He had one of his members of TP Turning Point USA won in Florida, which is great, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool that they're coming up and wh- whatever. I I don't care politics. It, it, I'm not red or blue or whatever. I don't care. But I just thought that was that was interesting that the red wave happened in Florida then non-existent across the rest of the country. So speaking of that, yeah. Um, I wanted to bring up something with you because I knew you'd have an opinion on it. Despondent. Desp- I was very despondent. <laughs> I, on Wednesday, I was. Well, Tuesday night, I'm sitting in my basement watching this, going, "What's happening? What, mm. what? What? What are we?" And then I, you know, Joe talked me off the ledge on Wednesday, and then fine, I just moved on. But there was something that surfaced within the last week or so, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. So I'm not a fan of this particular person, but I found the storyline compelling. You're familiar with the country music star Luke Bryan. I, I think I am. He, uh, Joe mentioned during Garage Logic he watched the Country Music Awards show with Peyton Manning, and Luke Bryan was one of the hosts. Okay. Who's also, as I mentioned, a big country music star. Well, this surfaced a couple of weeks ago where he was performing a concert in Florida and he welcomed the governor on stage. Just, mm. hey, thanks for coming out. And he's been just torched. Really? Because of this idea. Okay. Well, Governor DeSantis is a very polarizing figure right now is in the he? world of politics. Not to me. He's, he's just not. an efficient leader, but go ahead. Yeah. But what I can't get past is, and we've touched on this a number of times on Garage Logic, but what I can't get past is people losing their minds over political figureheads. Mm-hmm. So he, and, and Luke's just a run of the mill country music star, and he's yeah. getting roasted over this where I'm never buying up. But and I felt the same way when Garth Brooks got ripped a couple of years ago when he performed a concert in Detroit 
and wore a Barry Sanders jersey, mm-hmm. and it has obviously the number 20 with Sanders on the back. And idiots thought he was supporting Bernie Sanders. Oh, so okay. I'm I, I'm speaking. Uh, That's to, pretty to cool, bo- though. That's to, a good air to make. But I'm speaking to both crowds, saying, "Shut up! These a these people are allowed to follow whatever political line they want to follow, and b." When did we get here? That's what that's what I guess I'm you trying I, to say. You know what's interesting is when we look at like the Scott Scott Jensen Matt Burke loss. Sure. And what I think it is is that Scott and his team Matt they didn't appeal at all to the opposite team, right? They didn't say any of the "come with us" if you want to have less crime, cross out of your pack, cross out of your Democrat party and come to our side. It's okay to vote for a different team because you believe in nice schools, low crime, and but instead they polarize themselves by saying, I don't care if you get gang raped by 100 people, you got to have that baby. Right. It's like, well, that's pretty dumb. That's pretty dumb. That's how you lose elections. And when you lose, you know what you get to do for the next four years? Nothing. So it's like, oh, it's your fault, Scott. It's your fault, Matt. Well, and, 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 and I heard yeah. Matt, let me continue just for no, one second. Matt, ahead, I heard Matt say, hey, I'm a big believer in life. I get it. I'm a big believer in life. And if me being a big believer precludes me from becoming a lieutenant governor, then I just won't become lieutenant governor. It's like, congratulations. Of course it does. Of course it does. Especially you, in this you have to you, you <laughs> have to meet in the middle somehow. And I didn't hear one of these campaign ads, not one, and I thought about this for a long time. Not one of them said, hey, my name is Mike Fratelloni. Uh, you may love things I say. You may not love everything I say. But I'd please ask you to consider voting for me. Not one person did that. Not like a gentleman didn't ask for the vote. They didn't do it. They just said, my opponent's stupid, and I'm smart. Their ideas are dumb, and I'm smart. They didn't do any crossover. Nothing. I think the Kissner campaign attempted to do that a little bit. Yeah, but he's not high profile enough, Well, but, right? but, but that but that that race was one of the most expensive in the entire country. Which is shocking. What, but what I guess what I'm trying to say is I think a lot of people might go into it with the best of intentions and think that they are going to do that and then realize quickly this is gaining us zero traction. You need to have people of all sorts have an epiphanal moment saying, that person seems like they make sense. I, I get that they're a Democrat or I get that they're a Republican and I know, don't normally vote that way, but they asked for, for my vote, one, mm-hmm. which is a gentlemanly thing to do, and on some of the points that they were making, I kind of agree on. You haven't been able to hear the show yet today, but Joe touches on why the... De- uh, uh, Such, are you still here? No, he left. But he had an he got an email, and it was a great email, mm-hmm. about why the Democratic platform, not platform, the Democratic playbook worked to the degree that it did, especially as it relates in this state. Mm-hmm. And it's because of who now uh, occupies the largest percentage of the voting demographic sure and it was basically termed the swipe right generation Mm -hmm. because unfortunately that's who now it's not it's not you and me and the people that are older than us it's now the 20 year olds that are in the instagram world that's the mass majority of the voting public right now is it possible and it's it's terrifying is i guess what i'm trying to say parties have hatreds toward the other party not in any individual, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't have any, in, and I don't hate anybody to tell you the truth. I don't even care. To, I, you've, you've known right. that about my politics. I yep. don't care. But maybe, just maybe, liberals hate the thought of a Republican so much more. They find it so much more repugnant yep. that they'll accept somebody like Fetterman who has, I mean, God bless him. The poor guy had a stroke. 
he can barely talk. Mm-hmm. That is alarming that they would just vote him in, right? And and I think it's it's very very sad that 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 happened because that means it's truly polarized. They're saying I don't care. I would never vote for a Republican. I don't even care who we have running, right? Mm-hmm. Because I just I just can't thought. But I think if Dr. Oz, if nice little Mehmet, first of all wasn't a carpetbagger just moving into Philadelphia, mm-hmm. right? If he would if he would have been and lived in Pennsylvania for a long time, but if he could have said, "Hey, I need everyone to vote for me." I need everyone. I need everyone who values their children's education. I need everyone who values whatever his platform is and have people say, oh, that seems okay. But I didn't hear any. All I heard is these attack ads that just rip on people and they never ask for the vote. I think, you know, sales is pretty easy. Right. If someone comes in looking for a lawnmower at Fratelloni's and I say, hey, do you like that Toro? And hey, it has these features and hey, it has these benefits. At some point in time, I have to say, hey, do you want to buy it? And if you don't ask for it, sometimes the buy never happens. And I think the same thing is in for voting. If you don't ask for the vote, sometimes the vote would never happen. Well, one of my favorite news outlets is the Babylon Bee. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) they had a doozy where they said uh, President Biden did call to congratulate Fetterman. Unfortunately, the call lasted three hours as neither one could could form a coherent sentence. Oh, you know what? It would be very nice. Thank you. You know what I think would be interesting? What? Is if Fetterman, if everyone stays on the Fetterman bandwagon and they primary Biden for presidency, so we could have a debate oh, versus God. Fetterman and Biden. Wouldn't that be the coolest debate in the world? Just think of that. Just think of that. And again, I'm not making fun of that poor guy that had the stroke. Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a joke there. Mm-hmm. Did you see what I did? I, I said know. he had a stroke. He didn't mm-hmm. have a stroke. No. But that poor Fetterman, I actually feel quite badly for him. And and hopefully he makes a full recovery so he can represent his state to the fullest of his ability. Speaking of buying something at Fratelloni's. Yeah, yeah. How about our friends at Slushbuster? We got a great email from Dave. Oh, yeah. Uh, our new friend at Slushbuster. He's the inventor, by the way. That's Dave Pounds. And the Slushbuster was invented right here in Minnesota. You see, Dave got tired of all the corrosive slush that was rusting cars and damaging the garage floor, so he said, I'm going to invent my own device. And so what he did, it, uh, he f- assembled this this slush buster where you, you get in there. It looks basically like uh, a miniature version of a hockey stick. Kind of. And you, yeah. and, you, and you get in there and you get all the slush and the crap out of there. And the head's plastic so it doesn't scratch the paint in your car and doesn't hurt your car, right? Exactly. Okay. And so it was designed and assembled right here in Rogers, Minnesota. It's the only device on the market that is specially designed to remove the slush. It's going to re- reduce the slush that damages the vehicle and the garage floor. And also the ice formation that can cause slips and falls that can injure you and your family. The GLers and the listeners of this show, the Weekly Scramble, know that you got to take care of your vehicles and your garage, and the Slush Buster is going to help with both. Dave Pounds and his wife run Slush Buster, and so you can show them some support. Order yours today at slushbuster.us. That's slushbuster.us, or, or just go into one of any one of the Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores locations, and you can get your own Slush yeah, Buster. Yeah, and I think Robbins Daily is hardware, too, right? Yes, we exactly. We throw that guy in there, yes, too. Yes, He's a nice guy. They, they run a nice store. So um, Dave, the inventor of this, sends me a picture because he's delivering these out to our stores, nice, right? Nice. And, and that being said, if you're hearing this Friday, we might not have these today, right? Because they're in logistics process. They're going to gotcha, the store. So gotcha. any day, like in the next couple of days. So wait till Monday to go look for one. But it was kind of funny. He sends me this picture of his car packed to the rim. Nice. I'm like, huh, Dave. How many are how many are you sending us, right? And I think we're really going to do well with this product. I'm going to tell you, 
at first I questioned this because I said I kind of like just kicking the snow out of the, like the back, like the snow boogers or, mm-hmm. or what are they called, tire boogers or the whatever. Chunks. The chunks. I kind of like that. But this is kind of where the tire goes up into your wheel wells. Yes. This tool gets in there, and I thought, ow. Brilliant! Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a, a. After I looked at it a little bit more, I think that really makes sense. The sad part is, is he's doing videos online, where he's doing it, but he doesn't have any snow there because he was doing the videos in the middle of summer. So we're going to create some new videos for him. And I it's have mine. I even hung up the hook. You know, the little the little eye hook. Yeah. At the end of my garage, right next to where my my wife parks her vehicle. That okay. way. Don't even. I just reach right in. Just boom. reach in and grab it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it came with a hook. That no, just, I, oh, I, you, I you had. A hook. I, I did. Okay. I did that. I'm so, wrong. anyways. Slush Buster at Fratelloni's on Amazon at slushbuster.us mm-hmm. and Robbinsdale Ace. That's not Fratelloni's, but surely they have them there. Just go on in and ask for Slush Buster by name. Fantastic. So we have to get to an update on our favorite celebrity couple, which you and inf- you would just inform me. I was not aware of said information, but Tom and Giselle are are going through a a a, a divorce, pub- a public divorce, which I do feel bad for them because. Having to go through that is tough enough, but then having to go through it in the public spotlight, I think, makes matters much more um, intense. I think so. Yes. So, you know what? You know what? Maybe this is is Tom's led such a great life, multiple Super Bowl winners, handsome, all this, all this stuff, and now maybe he's just regressing to the mean. Where what I'm saying is life's just equaling out for him. It's he's going to eventually all... end up doing a podcast. Yeah, he's just, honest to God, it's just going to balance out and he's going to say, what else can I do? I can only do what Morans can do. I'm doing a podcast. Right. So I don't know if you've heard the news on this FTX. This, this... We touched on it briefly. Yes. Okay, you've touched on it briefly. For those who don't know, it's a trading platform for bitcoins, for cryptocurrencies. Oh, I just pulled my Bitcoin app up. Yeah, it's not good. So huh. this... This was a really, really hot thing, this FTX, and the guy who ran it was uh, kind of a wonder kid, and he really made cryptocurrencies. He had his own currency, an FTX coin. He had this FTX trading platform, and it was a really, really big deal. In fact, it was such a big deal that Brady and Giselle invested a whopping $650 million to maximize their stake into the coin. So they, as brand ambassadors, because she was... The I, I think she had a uh, she was serving on the board of social and environmental advisor to the cryptocurrency company, right? And he was a spokesperson. He was a brand ambassador. They basically sure. bo- both were. So I don't know if they put their money into it or had a value of six hundred fifty million. I don't think anyone would pay them six hundred fifty million to be. You're not going to pay a guy almost a billion dollars no. to be the brand ambassador, right? No. Uh-uh. So they must have invested something. I, I think they did put some of their money in. So in the last one week. Uh, a Chinese company that is the competitor to this one called their bluff, and they sent out this this guy who runs the FTX sent out a tweet that said, "Hey, the owner of this uh, other company, I don't even know if he's supposed to be in Washington D.C. because I think there's federal probes." He said something like that, and that owner of this other company got oh. pissed, and he said, "Oh, guess what? Um, I'm going to go ahead and dump two billion dollars worth of the FTX coin," and that made the market crash. So this guy, this Chinese guy, willingly took a hit for $2 billion to blow up this other guy named Sam who owns FTX. He said, watch this. I'm going to destroy your entire company in one tweet. And sure enough, he did the tweet, put $2 billion worth of FTX coins on sale, right? Mm -hmm. Destroyed the market. It dropped 80% within like eight hours. And subsequently, 
the it went so low that basically they don't have any funds to pay the people back for the coins that they're selling. So it's bankrupt. It's now bankrupt. So it took $32 billion out of the market in like three days. The sad part is where we care is Tom and Giselle have lost probably over a billion dollars. Surely there's $650 million value that they had invested. So not only is he getting divorced, not only is he playing like crap because he's just playing like crap, no one can catch a ball on his team, but he just may have lost a billion dollars. I mean, we should maybe, just maybe, start a GoFundMe GoFundMe for him, right? Yeah. All right. Now let me, um, because I'm a dum-dum. Okay. Okay. So put on your dum-dum cap and, 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 and stoop to my level. When a, when something like this happens, and mm-hmm. I, and I've been going to the Josh Arnold School of Investing for some time now, mm-hmm. and he's a big advocate of when 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 it's low, pump more money in, because it. it's eventually going to yeah. go up, right? Is that what the game is being played here right now, well, or is it once but, once it declares bankruptcy, is that all? It, it's all gone, right? It's okay. all gone. And when it's bankrupt now, it's it's closed and it stopped trading. Okay. But you got to remember when Josh is saying that, and I am not a financial advisor. I have no idea when Josh is saying when something gets low. Usually, what he's talking about, he's buying securities of something that's tangible. Credible. Okay. There's gotcha. something behind there. That's, if he's buying a, a a company that makes widgets, well, they have some widgets. Apple. Apple, like Stock, they have yeah. stores and, and phones and they have stuff, right? There's something intrinsically valuable behind that. And a, a cryptocurrency has the concept is intrinsically valuable, but not that particular There's coin. no there there. There's nothing there. Right. Right. Okay. So if you, they, they can't say, oh, we're, you know, unless they went ahead and bought a bunch of apartment buildings with the profits they were making and it kept them in the currency, which I highly doubt they did, um, which they, of course, they didn't. In fact, they said they had anywhere from 10 to $50 billion worth of value, but they also had from anywhere from 10 to $50 billion worth of liabilities. Hmm. When they filed for bankruptcy, they think people are going to get about 30 cents on the coin, right? So for every coin that was, you know, just trading for $29 a handful of days ago, they're going to get about 30 cents, 10 to 30 cents. So, I mean, it's, and that's some other coins have filed bankruptcy and, and people have been suing them. So some of them are four years old that filed bankruptcy and still no one's gotten any money. So that, you know, it's basically just the attorneys just grinding away their fees and it's, they're just going to take everything. So this thing's just gone. It's a very complicated, but very, very interesting story because the guy who started this thing, his name is Sam Bankman Freed. He was the golden boy. He was on the front of every magazine. He at one uh, point in time said, I'll think I uh, will probably just end up buying Goldman Sachs. I mean, he was super arrogant in, in a... So it couldn't happen to a nicer well, guy? I should say not super <laughs> arrogant, super confident, uh, right? He wore like shorts. He lived in the Bahamas. He has some weird girlfriend who uh, loves Harry Potter and looks like a Harry Potter kind of girl. And she was like, you know, you have to have zero level for tolerance of loss in this business. Okay. It's like, oh, no, you don't. Wow. People people don't want to lose billions of dollars. Although Sam, strangely, even though this thing's filed bankruptcy, he still has a net worth of almost a billion dollars, even after the bankruptcy. I'm like, what? what? How, how does he still have? Right. So what was his original net worth? Was he worth $30 billion, $20 billion? You don't know. And now he's, they're thinking he's down to about $965 million. So that is an incredible story. I think you should ask, have you asked Josh about the story? Well, I Josh and I have touched on cryptocurrency, but Josh yeah. is kind of in the same boat you are. He just basically says, "I don't get it, and I don't advise anybody to in, to invest in it." He said his his piece was, and I'll never forget this. His piece was, 
don't put a dime into cryptocurrency that you're not willing to just say goodbye yeah, to. Yeah, it's just a pure gambling and fund. That's a, and, then he's, yep. and he has said that for years. Yep. I have some friends. We have mutual friends that are multi-millionaire crypto millionaires. Mm-hmm. You and I do. Yep. You know who I'm yep. talking about. Yep. And they are hot on it. They understand it. And they've educated us a little bit on it. But now with this failure of FTX and the power that FTX had in this market, they were so powerful that this going bankrupt is shaking everyone to the core. Right. Like, wait, that means all of these. If if are that vulnerable. Yeah. If yeah. Uh, if Apple could go out of business, that means anybody could go out of business. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it, it's something so weird and so powerful that it's shaking. That's why you know the old bitcoins of the world that were twenty one thousand bucks five days ago are now fifteen nine or whatever it's trading at today. I don't even know what it's at. Something like that. Fourteen. Four, is it down to fourteen nine? Yeah. I mean, it's just who knows what the bottom's going to be, and and I think arguably, and our friends would tell us that 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 is the gold standard. Bitcoin's the gold standard. All these other coins are just ancillary things off of the gold standard. But I say the gold standard, but it's not backed in anything. It's right. truly not the gold standard. And I'll never forget because I remember you remember the exact date and time when it was at its absolute height, don't you? Uh, when it was at sixty nine thousand. What date was that at? January sixth. Really, two thousand, and yes. Oh, so it was it was the January six people that did it. No, but I it, bet it, you it was. Well, they should go to jail. Forever. Not, no, no, no. That's oh, not what I'm saying. No, I'm just I do remember though, looking at it, and then when the insurrection happened, mm-hmm. it did start to to fall. And there there was a story. In fact, we might have even touched on it on GL. But anyway, it was that day that it was at its absolute really height. yes interesting. And then yeah. it's just slowly walked down to fourteen thousand. And that's still, I mean, I remember my buddy that I own that internet company with mm-hmm. was talking to me about this. And my buddy, Tyson, God bless him. The kid's the best. He's literally one of the best guys I've ever met in my entire life, right? Mm-hmm. And he would talk to me about something and he would talk to me for two hours about something. And I'd say, okay, Tyson, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> and he had talked to me about Bitcoin and said, Mike, you don't get it. Here's what you can do with it. And, here's, and this was when Bitcoin was fractions of a penny. Wow. And I didn't get it. And I said, I think you're a fool for even talking about it. Little did I know that at some point in time it would be worth seventy thousand or fourteen thousand, right? And that's it. Although I guarantee you, if if I would have bought a thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin at fractions of a cent right. when it hit a nickel and I was up four grand, boom, boom, I would have been all, <laughs> oh my god, I made four grand. In fact, the the very first time I ever invested in Bitcoin because of our buddies told us to do it, right. went out, went up, jumped up to like twelve thousand bucks. I sold it out, bought two jet skis, and I was like. I called those jet skis bit and coin. It was the world's best. <laughs> That's awesome. Kept them for one year and sold them. It was dumb. It was so, a really dumb thing to do. Uh, yesterday we had uh, Liz Collin on the show on Garage Logic, and she had some stunning revelations, in my opinion, about just the way the landscape of the media is working, especially locally. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of this stuff we kind of had known a little bit, but... It's truly eye-opening when it's someone that was on the inside. And this is WCCO Liz Collin, news anchor mm-hmm. for many, many years. She right. was there, what, 15, 16 years? I believe it was 15, mm-hmm. as, as I, I, th- I think it was 15 Married years. Married to the former labor... Uh, police chief. Police, no, not no, police no, chief. Police union head, Bob Police Kroll. union head, Bob yeah. Kroll, yeah. So this email came in from loyal listener Kelsey. Mm-hmm. And I thought w- I would bring this up to you uh, on our show. Uh, basically talking about the way that media works these days. A Harley biker is riding by the zoo in Washington, D.C. when he sees a little girl leaning into the lion's cage. Suddenly, the lion grabs her by the collar of her jacket and tries to pull her inside to slaughter her under the eyes of her screaming parents. While the biker jumps off as Harley runs to the cage and hits the lion square on the nose with a powerful punch. 
whimpering from the pain, the lion jumps back, letting go of the girl, and the biker brings her to her terrified parents who thank him endlessly. A reporter was standing by and watched the entire event. The reporter addressing the Harley rider says, Sir, this was the most gallant and brave thing I've ever seen a man do in my entire life. The Harley rider replies, Why, it's nothing, really. The lion was behind bars. I just saw this little kid in danger and acted as I felt right. Well, the reporter says, well, I'll make sure that this will not go unnoticed. I'm a journalist, you know, and tomorrow's paper will have this story on the front page. So let me ask, uh, what do you do for a living and what's your political affiliation that you have? And the biker replies, well, ma'am, I'm a, a U.S. Marine and a Republican. Well, the journalist leaves. The following morning, the biker buys the paper to see if it is indeed in the newspaper and the action of uh, the news of his action, excuse me, and it reads on the front page, U.S. Marine assaults African immigrant and steals his lunch. <laughs> oh, and that, my friends, is the way the media's approach to the news is these days. It gave me a, a good chuckle. That was that was really good. Yeah. That was good. I, I see what you did there. Yeah. Well, I didn't do it. That no, was, no. Uh, that, that was, was given good. to me by so Terry did on a you, So um, Liz Collins, since you are on a serious show, the Garage Logic podcast, mm, sometimes, and, and we are, although it's been serious thus far because I've been super excited about FTF currency. Um, FXT currency, excuse me. I thought it is FTX. FTX. You're yeah. right. You're right. I, I got mistaken there. Okay. Um, she is 40. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. Very good reporter. Bob is what? Bob Kroll. I have no idea. He's got to be in his 50s. No idea. He's retired. Sure. He's not. He's not. Uh, is he? Is he a great looking guy? She's. I, I heard she's super beautiful. Yeah. She's. She's. Yeah. She's very. She's very pretty. In 40s, she's young. Mm-hmm. Although strangely, that being said, I'm 51. My wife's way younger than me. Yeah, and way prettier than I am. Why are you am. throwing stones in your glass house? I'm, we're going to recant. <laughs> Boy, if we could go back and just turn back one minute, can we just do one? I think minute? we might have to. I think we might just have to take that, Bob. Good, congratulations, sir. Bob, that was she. That was if I'm not re, if I'm recalling this, that John Thompson was outside of his house. She, she his brought and that her up house. yesterday. Yeah, she he was out there threatening to burn and, down all the houses in Hugo. And then I'm, I'm so glad Joe thought of it because normally I'm I'm usually pretty good about remembering. Mm-hmm. He said play the audio from you know the roll call. Yes. when the sirens are going off in the background. I'm so glad he remembered to bring that up because I would have completely forgot yeah. about it. Uh, altogether. You guys need to cut that off a couple names at the beginning. We don't need to start with no, but it's Madsen. the context. It's the okay. context to set it all up. But but as you've done it your twentieth time, yeah, we can like lose the first ten seconds because okay. we know. Okay, right. Um, that was a production tip. I'll just you can go ahead and keep it. <laughs> Have, do you know anything about mattress Mac? Hold What's on this? one second before okay. you move on. I yeah. had to give a um a radio tip to a person that we know very well. Ooh. Well, I w- I'm not going to name him because he, he, I already ripped him to shreds. Okay. Uh, but anyway. Tom Bernard, yes. No, it was not okay. Tom. I, <laughs> I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't rip Tom. Tom's Meat a pro. sauce. So it was a, a station that I used to work for, and I'm dropping the kids off, and I'm you know when I'm, when I'm heading back, I'm flipping around or whatever. I just want to hear some tunes. The boys always like hearing music on their way to school, so we put on a music station. And all of a sudden, because I'm a radio guy, I know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. that they're recording their voice-tracked segue from this song to that song unfortunately they forgot to switch channels so you have two channels okay you have the on-air channel which is channel a and then you have the off-air channel which is channel b and it's a matter of literally flipping one switch okay but you're using the same mic that you would crack if you were going live on the air okay and i knew that he forgot to switch from channel a to channel b and i could hear him pre-record and i'm just terrified he's gonna screw up and say the f word yes because you can edit all this right 
And so I texted him. I said, hey, dummy, you're still in channel A. And his response is, oh, my God, you just saved my ass, basically. Oh, you're kidding. That's yeah. super funny. Well, I, so you could hear over the air as a song was playing? Yes. You could hear him saying, uh, see hey, you coming up, here's Ed Bills. Sheeran, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, really? that's okay. exactly what I could hear. And I said, hey, dummy, you're still in channel A. And it's like, oh, my God, thank you, Reavers. Otherwise, that you know, is too I'm surprised it, that doesn't happen more often. You know, here's why it doesn't. And I'll, 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 I'll peel the curtain. It's happened to every single one of us mm-hmm. once. And either we were fired as a result of okay. it, or we were demoted, or we were lectured so harshly okay, it's a that problem. it never happened okay. again. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? So it was ingrained in you right from the beginning that that cannot happen. That, and I'll be honest, part of why I like to road trip so much is I love listening to small town radio. I just do. I, I it, it, it for me it passes my, when my wife. Is on a road trip with me. She absolutely hates it. She says, "Can we just put on a podcast or can mm-hmm. we just listen to something?" Yeah. And I said, "No, I, I like flipping. I, lo- I love channel flipping in the radio. And when I'm just you driving like to hear in the Ron middle of Dog in the morning. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I love hearing liners, and I, I I just think it's fun. That is, but that reminds me of the one time that my uh, podcast that I follow quite often. He put up the uncleaned, unedited version of his podcast. Okay, not accidentally, and his guest said something anti-Semitic. Oh, and this guy said. The hell are you doing? You think I'm going to let you? I mean, ripped. And they're friends. The two guys, the guest right, is a guy right, who's right. on often. And he's like, if you think I'm going to let you go down that thing, because he happens to be a, a Jewish guy who runs the podcast. Okay. I was like, holy crap. I'm texting, like I'm trying to DM the show somehow, right? But it's out them. there in the ether it's, already. It's out there. Yeah. On, you know, uh, and I'm like, you have to get this down, because you can't have this. It made the host. I mean, the host was Super aggressive I about bet, it, I right? Bet, and yeah. and rightfully so, right? He he had basically his buddy said something. It was like he said like Jewish lightning talking about um, the whiskey uh, uh, factory that burned down. He's like, oh, I bet you it's Jewish. And the the guy was like, What did you just say? Like, what do you think I'm gonna let that go on wow. the radio? And it was alarming. And and you know what you don't want to hear all the time, although it obviously people do want to hear because the town council is booming, <laughs> booming. Yes. You, you might not always want to hear the backside of everything. Why isn't our, why isn't, why don't we record our pre-shows? Because we don't want to be fired. Right. Yes. Because right. I don't want to lose everything I've ever had. Right. Okay. Remember how yeah. we just talked about how Tom and Giselle just lost everything? Yeah. I don't think you want to yeah, join I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. I mean, I could lose my $650 just like he lost his <laughs> $650 million. All right. So I know the story, but you had more information on why you're infatuated with the Mattress Max story. So give the backstory for those that might not be aware of his bet and in his relation to the Houston Astros in the World Series. Okay. So there's this guy who owns a mattress company in Houston. And I don't know if it's called Mattress Max, but everybody calls this guy Mattress Mac. Yep. Right? I think it is Mattress Max. Mm-hmm. And so this guy, it's, it's Jim Mattress Max uh, McGinville, right? And he placed a $10 million bet, multiple bets, equaling $10, millions of dollars, $10 million on the Houston Astros to win the World Series. And then he takes the winning $75 million he won. Wow. I mean, talk about a bet. $75 million, he took that be- the, the winnings, he goes back to people, and anybody who spent over $3,000, he pays off $3,000 of their, so 25,000 people that had purchased mattresses at Mattress Max of $3,000 or more, okay. got all of their money paid back. All right, so 25 times 3,000, 3,000, 3, 3, 3, yeah. times 25,000? Uh, 25,000 times 3,000, I think is 75,000. 
It is seventy five. Eighty seven. I got eighty seven five. No, three thousand. Okay. Times oh, twenty five hundred. Yeah, I didn't. Okay. Three thousand yep. times twenty five thousand. Seventy five million. Five twenty five thousand. That's seventy five million dollars. Seventy five million dollars. Okay. So, I mean, think of that. Think of that. So he takes. He actually says in the stores, like when you buy this. By the way, I'm going to make a bet on the Houston Astros. This is all part of their marketing plan. This is not him just going and saying, I'm going to place a $10 million bet on this. He's specifically selling people things, and they know that he's going to bet on the Astros. And he does it for all Houston teams. The Rockets, he does it on a bunch. So it's really this neat thing. And he's old. Like, he's an old guy. I'm, I'm unsure how old he is, but he's not brand new. He's, he's an older guy. Let me see if the story okay, tells him. Okay, I have, I have a couple of questions. Yes. So from a business standpoint, how does this make fiscal sense for him? Because he's selling these mattresses at a higher dollar amount, at more profit, so he's making more money, right? Because he did. But if he's giving all the money back, yeah, but but he's not giving all the money back. He only invested ten million dollars to give back seventy five, right? And but he's made way more money because he's selling these mattresses at a higher margin. Okay. Because everyone he's selling them to, he's saying, "Hey, you got a chance to have three thousand bucks come back to you on this." And they're saying, "Okay, okay, that's worth it." All and right. just so happens this year it hit. In fact, it was such a big win. They're arguing that that was the largest win in Vegas history. Wow. I mean, that's a big deal. And when the, they were down two games to one, and he was walking out of Philly Stadium getting harassed by Phillies fans because that trended on social media. I mean, media. think of that. Yeah. But so, in fact, it was such a big win that the the CEO of uh, Caesar's Palace said, "I think most of you are aware we've got a high, a fairly high-profile liability out there with the Astros. So that will be a swing factor in whether fourth quarter is positive as a whole. Huh. So that seventy-five million dollar loss is going to give Caesars a fourth quarter rubbing. They're going to lose money in the fourth quarter because one guy gambled ten million dollars with them. That's... That is shocking." Wow. Shocking. Isn't that just cool? I think there's a couple of different... So Caesars had a bunch of the money, and then Penn Entertainment, uh, Penn Entertainment, uh, Jay Snowden, I don't know who that is. I don't know who who owns Penn Entertainment. I don't know what that is. Um, oh, that's part of Barstool Sports. That's their their gambling division. Okay. Had a bunch of money in that, too. So think about that. Both of those companies are going to have horrible fourth quarters because they accepted one bet that paid off three to one. I will be honest, and I... I, I I'm a pretty big sports fan, mm-hmm. and I've got to. And I, I know I've shared this publicly on this show before. I really don't like the road we're going down, where gambling has just overtaken coverage of sports. I don't like it. I don't think gambling should personally be legalized. I just don't think it's. I don't. I guess that part of it, I don't care because I have enough self control, and I'll probably raise two boys to say, hey. This isn't a road, you know, if you want to put five bucks down on a game just because it's fun, that's fine. But this is the kind of thing that can ruin people's lives. But that's I've, how it I've watched it. I've watched it personally happen to people that's, I know. That $5 is how it starts. No, and I get it. And that's honestly why I've just stayed away from it altogether. I've well, always been someone that said, well, I could make money betting on football or whatever. No, you, no, no, you, you can't. You can't. There's a reason why... There's billion-dollar complexes out in Las Vegas. That's right. They're not building it on the back of winners. No. It just doesn't happen. Right. And and what's worse is now you get the, the TikTok generation that are watching these gamblers that do win, right? So, yeah. Let's pretend. Or have the persona of a winner. Right. 
And they're watching them and they're saying, well, that guy, if he can do it, I can do it. And no, you can't. No, no you can't. I, I have a good buddy who's a professional poker player. Mm-hmm. right? I don't know if you knew this, right? And he's uh, that's all he does for a living. Okay. He plays professional online poker about 10 hours a day. He makes a very good living doing it, like a very, very good living doing it. And he says to me, he, oh, by the way, he has his doctorate in mathematics, right? So he's not doing this. Because he thinks he can go ahead and that read that guy's tells. Because he's playing online. There are no tells. But he also said to me, oh, by the way, every single hand of every single person I've ever played against is open data. You can see the data, right? So you don't know this, but when because no one knows this except for people who are playing online gambling professionally, is all of the data that's backed on those gambling sites is open source data. So you can go see what hand was what, what cards were dealt, what everybody had, because they have to prove that they're not cheating. So they have all of the data available. Huh. So if someone comes in and their uh, you know, their moniker is a winning Mike, he goes up, looks up winning Mike, and finds out, oh, here's his tendencies across every single hand he's ever wow. played. So he says, I won't play at a table if I can't go ahead and read the last 10,000 hands of every single person I played. How time-consuming is that? Trust me. It's a grind. He doesn't go ahead and make 50 grand in one night. He makes small chunks of money over and over and over again as he just grinds away on the tendencies of these people he's playing does against. Does he have a primary source of income? That's it. He's All he does is professional gamble. That's all he does all day long. That's all he does. Wow. He, he just does this. Basically, he's a data analyst, a very, very high-paid data analyst because he's grinding data all day. And it sounds horrible. I mean, it sounds horrible because yeah. there's nothing like exciting. He's like, I'm, I could shut, I could write a program to play each one of these guys and just let my hand go out. And I know I'm going to win 51.38% of the time or whatever it is, you know, some math calculation that says if I gamble this way, I'll leave this table with $318 after 12 hours of play. And the next day I'll do it. I'll, if I play a higher stakes table, I'll win $3,000. It's amazing. It's amazing how wow. much. Then during the summer, he takes most of the summer off and plays golf, and he happens to be maybe the best golfer I've ever played with. The guy is unbelievable. In fact, we were playing. We were playing nine holes. It's not not that long ago. We're playing nine holes, and I looked at him, and he was eight under after nine holes. He had eight birdies on nine holes. Wow! And I said, "Oh my God, you are going to potentially get the course record." He goes, "I can't. I got to go. I can't play the back nine. I'm like, "You're going to abandon an eight under front nine." Right, that that has to be near a record at this place that we were playing. And if he would have continued on and had a 16 under round, that would have been really close to the lowest game that's ever been played at that. Wow. And he's like, I, I just can't. And he would have, he wouldn't have done it, right? He, but he could have ended 10 under, which would have been near a course record. Holy cow! I'm full of great stories today. You really are. I'm glad yeah. you came in. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. You know what it is? I've been sick for a week. And now I finally have some virality back to me. I'm like standing, like I, you, I'm pounding my chest again. Although that hurt when I did yesterday, that. it dawned on me because uh, uh, my wife and I were were discussing about because we always go over the game plan for the weekend because she works Monday through Thursday, so we always go through the game plan of okay, what do we got to get done this mm-hmm. weekend, and then on Sunday night, all right, what has to get done this mm-hmm. week? And so she said, well, you know, my mom, her mom wants to host Thanksgiving. I go, yeah, but that oh god, it's a couple weeks. Thanksgiving is in two weeks yeah. now, less than. Two weeks from today. Yeah. Which I thought, holy crap. You know what happened? What do you have to do? What do you have to do for that? What do you what will you have to Um that part is still unknown as far as what what my, my personal role is. But see, I I like preparing Thanksgiving dinner. You do? I do. I love okay. cooking the turkey. I like I, I do enjoy doing that because Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays. Because 
You get to stuff your face. You get to watch football. It's not all about gifts and crap. Exactly. Like that. Yep. There's. Yep. It's just hanging out and Family. eating and watching yep. some football. And I, I've I've always truly enjoyed Thanksgiving. My parents had to give me an intervention. My parents and siblings had to give me an intervention, like a handful of years ago. And they said, Mike, you're you're an adult man. Uh, now you have a kitchen in your home because I hadn't had a kitchen for years, right? You have to start participating with some of these events. Like you have to either have the event at your house. And I said, I don't like people in my house, so no, thank you. Right, I just don't like a, and I have family member over, but I would never have 20 people over. I don't want to do that. And they said, well, you got to start bringing food because normally I just bring booze or, you know, I always bring something. Don't get me wrong. Right, I right. just never, no one would ever say, Mike, make the turkey. No one would ever <laughs> say that. So my sister, I talked to my sister today and she said, hey, you get to do the green bean casserole, which that recipe is very easy. And or it's. I, Hold on, let me, let me grab Lund's phone number. Yeah, well, no, 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 I make it. <laughs> okay. But it's, I mean, it's super, super simple. And it's delicious, right? It's I, I do love green bean I casserole. I do extra of the French onions. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, because they, what's strange is they, on the back of the French onion cans, they don't suggest, or you can make extra crunchy and double the cans, because I'm like, you double for half the time, people would just right. say, I'd like to make more of that, because mm-hmm. that's how I do it. I double it. That's my secret. I just gave my secret out. I double the French onion amount, which makes it super crunchy and super delicious, right? Nice. So she said, can you do your famous green onion, you know, your uh, green, green, bean green bean casserole? And I'm like, 100%, I'd be glad to. And then I always bring a, a drink of choice. Like, I make a specialty cocktail. Oh, nice. Isn't that cool? That's very cool. I, I always think. But I, it took a, took me a while till I hit nearing my 50s till I ever participated in any of those things. Well, welcome to the club. Yeah, I'm really excited. <laughs> so will you fry your turkey or are you? I don't fry the turkey. I, I tried that once. And nothing, it wasn't bad. I, I honestly, I didn't enjoy the taste. Do, do you do it on your smoke fire? Do you smoke it? Yeah, I did that once. Okay. I loved that. Yep. But uh, I, worked, I worked with, it does. It does right. take it does take some time. But a number of years ago, I used to work at 107. And my co-host, Colleen Cruz, gave me an unbelievable turkey recipe. And I shared it on Garage Logic, where you coat the outside of the turkey with a light coating of mayonnaise. And it sounds weird. That's funny. Okay. But... It, what it does is it keeps all of the moisture inside of the turkey. Mm. You don't ever eat that. You peel off all of it because it, it, it gets encrusted into the skin. So you, it's all you, you take, you peel all this off anyway. So you don't, but what it does is it holds all the moisture inside the turkey. Why couldn't you just use Vaseline then or something? Well, no, you don't <laughs> okay. want to do okay. that. Okay. So, um, but it does, it does work. Yeah. So it, it, w- w- let me ask this. When you're starting to cook the turkey then, how do you baste it? Because doesn't the the mayonnaise kind of make a non-basteable or you, you don't can, have to worry about it? You can it? do broth or whatever you want okay. before. Okay. And some people like to put salt and pepper on it. I don't do any of that. Yeah. It's just a regular, just a chicken broth, whatever you want to use. And then let that kind of, you know, let that kind of sit for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then once you see it kind of drying off, then you then you do a lighting light coat of the mayonnaise and throw her in the oven at 325 for six hours and boom. And that's it. It's easy. Really? Super easy. I bet you even a moron like me. But my favorite part okay. is what I always do is once the turkey is completely thawed, I take, you know, you take the bag of the guts and stuff out mm-hmm. because some people like that. That goes right in the garbage yeah, can. Yeah. Although, no, I take that back because my mother-in-law's dog used to like the neck. So I would save the neck for um, <laughs> what for, a gentleman. For, for my mother-in-law's uh, dog. But then what you do is you call the boys downstairs and then you stick your hand inside the turkey's head and then you do turkey puppeteering nice, for at nice. least five minutes. Okay. And then once the, once the bride comes down and sees what you're doing, it says, 
put the damn turkey down, you dumbass. Yes. And then you put then then you start the process. And then later on, you're like, where is my watch? And then a couple days later, <laughs> you find it inside the turkey. But you have to do the turkey puppeteering for at least a couple of minutes when you have boys that are ten and seven. Yeah, soon they'll be like, Dad, so dumb. Yeah. Or so they're going to want to do it. Yeah. Right. Or they'll, they'll, you'll say, this portion is the turkey yeah. breast area. And then ring? you're going to see your kid like grabbing towards <laughs> it. And you're like, yeah. Like, hey, little pervert, keep right. your hands off the turkey breasts. Uh, Michael, thank you so Reverse, much. You're the best. Please do us a favor, rate and review the show wherever you happen to be listening to the Weekly Scramble. We would greatly appreciate that. His name is Mike Fratelloni. My name is Chris Reavers. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. Until then, cheers. <laughs>